of the Faith Science Podcast. My name is Tyler Bullets, and welcome back for the second Sunday of Easter for the week of April 28th, 2019. And I'm excited to have you here. I'm excited to get into this week's podcast. And I'm excited that we have just gone through the resurrection and the excitement that that always brings. I think it's amazing to be able to contemplate and to really think about how we are Easter people, how we are this resurrected creation, and that it provides new life, and that we are a new creation, and inspiring us to move forward. And I think as we get into that, and as we are coming out of that, I think it's one of the spirit and the enthusiasm we should really carry as we move forward into the season of Lent. But before we get into this week's podcast, I have to do our shameless plug for Working Preacher. If you haven't checked out Working Preacher, I'd highly recommend it. Between their Sermon Brainwaves podcast, their commentaries, their discussions, it's a great all-around resource. And for me, not being an ordained minister, I use them on a weekly basis to help prepare for this podcast. So, if you haven't checked out workingpreacher.org, I'd highly recommend it. And two, my shameless plug, I know the season is over, but if you have not checked out God Friend and Me, I would highly recommend putting that on your binge list for this summer. I think it's just an absolutely fascinating show to be able to contemplate and discuss how we look at faith and just religion in this time of the 21st century currently and how do we make this type of thing happen and how would possibly God interface with us in these times. One final thing before we get into this week's is looking at last week's podcast question on Twitter and again if you haven't checked that out it's faith and sci sci pod pod is our Twitter handle and the question this last week was a deep reflective question of have you spent enough time contemplating life if so how so if not are you going to change that a very deep introspective type of question this week and as we're going through the beginnings of Lent and these change that we find as we become Easter people and we're grappling with and dealing with this, I think it's something to constantly contemplate. And I will give you a teaser for this week. I think we will be dealing with somebody who spent a lot of time contemplating life and contemplating the planet in which we are on. So with that being our teaser, let's dig into this week's gospel text being out of John chapter 20 verses 19 through 31. And this is the story that we hear of gets put as doubting Thomas. And I'm going to propose that it's more of encouraging Thomas. So Jesus is with the 10 disciples and we have to then go through this. So Thomas obviously isn't here. And Judas has committed suicide at this point. So the 10 disciples are there. Jesus appears to them with saying, peace be with you. And that the Father has sent him. And the key verse here being in verse 22. When he said this, he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. So this out of John's gospel, us getting the Holy Spirit, whereas if you're more following like Luke's gospel, that comes in Acts early on. 
So they see this, they go and tell Thomas, and Thomas makes the famous remark of, unless I see the mark of the nails in his hands and put my finger in the marks of the nails and my hand in his side, I will not believe. So then we get this couple weeks later where Thomas is with them. Jesus appears to them. Peace be with you. He then encourages Thomas to put his finger and his hand in these different spots. Reach out and put your hand in my side. Do not doubt but believe. Coming out of verse 27, Thomas answers, my Lord and my God. We never get an actual definitive answer if Thomas actually does these things. Or is this just a moment where Thomas needs that reassurance of that? And then Jesus comes back with this line of blessed are those who have not seen and yet come to believe which you could see that then through thomas's doubt or thomas's needing encouragement we get this line of talking about the future people the future christians being us and how in a way we have this blessing from the lord because of our belief And then it continues on with John saying that there are many other books covering these different things, and yet we get a whole nother chapter out of John. So an interesting, great gospel, and we have much shorter secondary text here this week. The first reading being out of Acts chapter 5, verses 27 through 32. And so this is now, Acts is, we had the resurrection. We've had the ascension. So Christ has now re-entered into heaven. They are waiting for the second coming, and this is kind of the beginnings of the church going. And so they continue to talk about Jesus and continue to talk about this. And this is kind of causing the chief priest to kind of question what is going on. And Peter gives this great line coming from verse 29, we must obey God rather than human authority. And it's saying that we need to trust in God, even though you guys don't see this, we're going to continue to trust God. And then kind of goes through a re-summary of what we heard last week, that this was for the forgiveness of sins, and we are just witnessing so that the Holy Spirit, whom God has given to those who obey him, so that we are fulfilling what God has called us to do. The psalm this week is Psalm 150, the last chapter in Psalms, and it's verses 1 through 6, and it's just, again, a praise psalm. We are in Easter, after all, the highest, most holy, the biggest celebration, and it's this idea of praising the Lord, just going all out and praising God for what just happened with clanging cymbals and praising him with whatever we have. It's a great re-encouragement to play instruments or to sing or just give it all you have because it's just praise to God. The second reading is from Revelation chapter 1, verses 4 through 8. And again, this is, now John wrote the book of Revelation, so we kind of get this resummation of what is going on, talking about how Jesus then was the witness 
of this and it's from this that we have been freed from our sins through his blood and through his crucifixion. And then they are going through and kind of talking about how this is uniting all of us together and that he has no beginning, he has no end. Coming from verse 8, I am the Alpha and the Omega, says the Lord, who is and who was and who is to come, the Almighty the all-being God, and reaffirming that here in Revelation, again, continuing this kind of praise that can't be stopped. And if you looked at these readings, it's building off of that, this continuation of what we had with Resurrection or Easter Sunday, that Christ is alive and he can't be conquered by human means, that this is continuation and that the praise that we should be giving him is continuous. But I think then we have to focus in and a little bit narrow in on the gospel text. But I think we have to then keep in the back of our minds what comes from Acts in verse 29 that I pointed out, we must obey God rather than human authority. But what if we question What if we are having our doubts and our tribulations? Because we all have those moments. We all need that time where I just need a little bit more. I want that affirmation. I think there are times where we are like the original 10 that we are there or we hear it and it's like awesome that just encourages my faith more. But I think there are times that we are like Thomas And we need that little bit of encouragement, that little bit of a nudge to be able to really grow and move forward in our faith. And I don't see this as something extraordinary. I don't see this as something that's weird. Because in a way, isn't that what science is all about? And when I say that is we have theories and then we run tests to support or reject these hypotheses. And hopefully as we continually find some result, it becomes a theory, right? And we've talked about this before, that theories are from lots and lots of tests. And so honestly, I thought, There was one really good example that we have had here in the last couple weeks that I think kind of helps illustrate this point in a different way. And it's almost just a couple weeks ago. On April 10th, the International Telescope Team, and I'll attach links and stuff below, have the first photograph of a black hole. And why this is so significant is this is, again, further evidence, further support for Einstein's theory of general relativity. Now, I am not claiming to be an expert in physics. I'm not claiming to be an expert in deep space. And there has been a decent amount of research just feeling that I could get enough of this wrapped together to feel confident about talking about it. So there will be plenty of links if you're wanting to brush up on your general relativity below. But I don't think it's just the coming together and how this 
how general relativity and special relativity are used on a daily basis in our lives, whether we know it or not, through cell phone GPS or just GPS in general to being able to calculate all these different types of how fast we are actually moving in space and time. It's bananas and it's really hard for my brain to fully comprehend all this stuff. But I think about what and how this event has kind of been perceived. Because if we look at when this happened, I don't know about you and your circles, but I saw plenty of pictures of this grainy photo, which isn't amazing, but it's still amazing when you hear about this is like really on the cutting edge and how deep we can get into the universe with the technology that we have and figuring out creative ways to be able to get beyond the physical constraints of originally estimating that we needed a telescope the size of the earth to be able to see this. That what is this actually doing? This is just continuing to supply support for this theory. It's continuing to see that we are on the right track. That to what we have found that Einstein's theory in this case has more support behind it. And it's good for us to see that because of how much is based on the theory of general relativity in our everyday lives behind the scenes, whether we know it or not. But how different is that? compared to Thomas. Thomas is needing that little bit more, that little bit more of affirmation that this isn't a hoax. I mean, granted, remember, these are 10 people who he spent a tremendous amount of time around, and I would assume and hope that they had some sense of humor. And they've just gone through a very traumatic event. Who knows? Which of the disciples came up and talked to him? Maybe it was the comical one that came up and talked to him. Or maybe here's Thomas as all these people are coming and telling him this. And it's so hard for him to understand and to possibly grapple with that, of course, then he would say that. He watched him die. And sure, he's seen resurrections of other people. But the ability to do that to yourself seems unbelievable. I think about with this type of thing, even sports. And for me, with baseball season going on right now, I get updates on my phone and it's amazing, especially from MLB, how many times I get, you have to see this play or this unbelievable thing happened. And you go and check it out. But it's it's not unbelievable. It's believable because it happened. It's not quite like the center fielder died, they had a no pulse, and suddenly he rises from the dead to make the catch in the ninth. What we're dealing with here is something that is very hard to comprehend. And so thinking about that and how I know in my own life, there have been times when I have prayed and talked to God about how I want to know what his will is or what he's wanting me to do and make it as blunt as possible. Put blinking lights around it on billboards as I'm going and driving somewhere that I can't miss it. And isn't that kind of what Thomas is even saying here? 
that I just have a hard time grappling with this. And if I'm really going to believe this, I really need it blunt. And yet, when how many times that we ask for something like that, we ask for this very blunt thing, but that's not really what we mean. And it could be, in my opinion, and again, I know this is putting some of my own theoretical spin on this, he shows up and offers, but we never get the response of what Thomas does, other than his verbal response. Does he just fall to the floor in disbelief, but in homage that I am not worthy? What does that look like? When we compare this to the image of the black hole, we might never know how many people were this was the tipping point. This was the piece of evidence that they needed to say, yeah, I can now feel confident to support the general theory of relativity. Not that most of us contemplate that on a weekly basis. But I think it's one of those moments where when we get additional evidence, additional support for something, it helps to add up. And that's where, for me, you think about the Acts reading here from Peter, and we must obey God rather than human authority. Think about what he has seen. Because what we know from this text, it isn't that long between what Peter is talking about here in Acts and what is the gospel text here. We're talking this could easily have been within the same year. So when we have that type of thing happen, wouldn't that inspire us to say, yeah, I'm just doing whatever this guy wants me to do. Because he's literally raised himself from the dead, has appeared to me and my friends who traveled with this guy, and even appeared again when one of us doubted that the Lord is there. And that we would much rather obey him than whatever human construct that you have made. We can see this type of cry as John writes Revelation. And is talking about what Christ did for us. And that he is the ruler of kings of the earth. And yet he loves us and has freed us from sin by his blood. And that he has this dominion forever because they have seen this power. They have seen this. And that would inspire any of us if we had physically seen this to just go into this praise that we get out of the psalm. Thomas, I would agree, as it was brought up this week in text study, Thomas is there for us. Thomas is there for our questioning heart to show that yes this happened blessed are those who have not seen and yet believe because here is your reassurance here is your nudge your affirmation that i did what i did it's not purely doubt it's not about how thomas doubted it's how thomas needed reaffirmation and how many times in our own lives We need reaffirmation. The great Martin Luther stated himself that there were only two times in his life he was 100% confident that there was a God. And it was when he got married and when he lost his first child. If the great Martin Luther, who inspired the Reformation 
and forever change the church and I would say open up the doors to be able to have discussions like I am having here, not purely denominations, but to open up the door for really thinking about and studying the scripture on a broad basis instead of a selective basis. And yet this man questioned his own belief in Christ. We find that we are all sitting there with Thomas needing reaffirmation after the events that he has seen. This isn't any different than what we find in science as we retest things, as we look for further discoveries to affirm or support our theories. We are really good at trying to find that, to reaffirm what we believe. So, the Twitter question this week will be this. Where are you needing reaffirmation or to be reaffirmed in your faith? Because I don't think this is a Thomas issue. I th- Like I've stated, I think this is a human issue. Where are we needing to be reaffirmed? Where are we needing that gentle nudge from Christ? I'd love to hear that. And if it wants to be purely with Christ or even with just your general life, where are you needing to be reaffirmed? It's a question and a thing I think we grapple with and deal with consistently in our lives. And it's still one of the questions that I think we will wrestle with throughout our whole lives. And that's important to admit and important to be able to say it's okay, as I will continue to work on learning from my unbelief. So, we'll wrap this up as we always do. I pray God blesses you through your faith and amazes you through science.